Hey, welcome to the Vape Week. Uh, I've been uh, gone for a little while. Um, it's It's been a combination of a couple of different things. Uh, and one of them is I need to figure out where I want to take this show in the future. And uh, here's uh, this episode here is going to be kind of a ramble. And what I realize afterwards is that it's, it's starting to get, um, I'm starting to repeat myself. And there's no reason for that. Um, so it's going to probably be a little sporadic for a little while uh, as far as new shows. Uh, but I hope to get something, um, a, a new, uh, I think I've got one angle right now on how I, where I want the show to go. So anyway, um, if you want to listen to this one, be my guest. Uh, thanks. Okay. So this is the vape week. So here I'm watching two people in the chat room, Duro Sig and Kathy Hope, and I guess it's Bert Hope, uh, are all arguing inside of the chat room. And I'm wondering if any of them would like to actually call up and uh, participate in a, a virtual, a real-time discussion using Blog Talk Radio. And the phone number line is, to get you both on at the same time, is 347-308-8329. So uh, come on, guys. Come on out of the chat and uh, come and say hello. So let me click back over in the chat. Okay, so uh, there's just a lot of just... Uh, Kathy says you listen to every show there is and you do and all you do is bitch like a, a girl in all caps. So Kathy Hope is coming out swinging. And then uh Duro says I don't listen to every show. You're sadly mistaken. Uh you're off your meds or something and then uh, she says okay you're 90 99%. So I ironically I agree with Kathy here and uh if I call I'll call if Duro calls in. Yeah, I think Kathy would would take the guy down at this point. I'm not gonna. Okay, so 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 Kathy just. just I mean, Kathy is is no fan of me. me. There's no question about it. But she's just just wiped the floor with Duro Sig. I mean, Duro Sig has a is an avatar which is uh, Clint Eastwood make my day, and and Kathy Hope just blew past everything. Everything that Duro Sig was just had been been obliterated by Kathy Hope. And that's H-O-P-P-E. So that could be Hoppy. It could be an Indian name for all I know. So a Native American. Okay, fine. Uh, Durosig has got nothing. She, he's got nothing. He's now thinking about it. Uh, this is a live a live event right now. We're, we got the chat room live. Let me click back over. We've got the phone lines. They are open and with nobody calling in. And, uh, oh, geez, yeah. I, I, Kathy Hope has just destroyed this guy. Just... Boom, and and Duro Sig, I I doubt that as she's okay, and and worst worst part for Duro is he doesn't even know he's he's gone. I mean, Duro, she just ran over you, just backed it up, went and, and then said anything. She said that you're you're bitching like a little girl, and you had no reply to that. I mean, and that was just like here, one hand's behind my back, I'll 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 just swing, and it'll still hit him, you know. So Duro, if you've got something, she's definitely challenged you. She's, it, it's your, it's your, it's your move, Duro. Yeah, I see that you were the last person, but that was a comment to me. You, you've got to try one more time, or just give up. I'll, I'll give you twenty seconds, but we'll count it out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Last ten. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Kathy Hope just cleans his clog, wipes him out. The guy's on the floor, doesn't get up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that She's trolling came in. Oh, wait, there is a delay. 
There is a delay, so you were at 15 seconds. Okay, so but you use the she's trolling thing, and and I I have a, you know I it's a part of the rules. I mean Kathy does not need to respond to this because when you say she's trolling, anybody that uses the troll word has admittedly already admitted defeat. So as soon as you call somebody out as a troll, you've lost the argument. That's that's your last that's your last gasp. So. I'm sorry. I'll give you one more. I'll give you another 15 seconds. I was okay. You're, she listens to your every show and doesn't even like you or the show. Yes, I agree. I agree with all of those things. But just on this, you know, you guys were on the playground and fair and square. This this gal walked up to you and you actually I think pushed into her first. I don't, I don't even. I could go back and see who started it. Let me do that. Uh. Okay, no, Duro started it. Duro, Duro started this thing. Go paint some pro tanks. Oh God, I mean, now he looks like he's a uh, he's uh, he's talking about the pro tank things, and I don't know. I mean, I, all I said is I don't think that she needs a PMTA for them, which I think is a reasonable comment. And uh, there's still some there's school of thought that people think that drip tips need need to get FDA approval, and I'm saying they don't only if they are attached into an assembly that is sold as a finished good product that has nicotine in it. So we can debate on all that, but... Yeah, I know. You said... Yeah, I, I, I agree, Duro, but, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking to an audience. Well, no, Duro, I would say that you... Well... Okay, yeah, you know, Kathy has now moved in with another comment where she's she, just because this guy is on the floor, can't get up. It's like talking on the ground, and Kathy's just like, okay, I'll pretend it's still a contest. So she tosses in a comment right now, and uh, this is all play-by-play. -play. It's, it's a Duro. Duro, it's over. You, I mean, I don't care if you said you didn't tap. I saw your eyes roll. This is MMA rules. I saw your eyes roll back in your head. You, you were conscious for a period of time. It's over. Duro, don't come back out. Kathy, you're, you're the victor on this, and it was, I mean, we're just happy that the Duro still can fight another day and not not have a pugilistic uh, syndrome, pugilistic Parkinsonism, I think that's what it's called, when you got hit in the head so many times, like a Tahoman Ali against Larry Holmes, that you don't ever come back. Anyway, so I'll probably start the show here. It's October 7th. This is the Vape Week. We're starting the show right now. Uh, had a little bit of interesting discussion going on in the uh, chat room today, but uh, nothing all that spectacular. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just say that uh, Hope wins and, uh, you know, Eastwood is down for the count. That's the simplest way to call it. And uh, so I, I've been off for a couple weeks from my normal vaping duties, uh, which are uh, creating a... Uh, a matrix of companies to work together to work on the PMT structure and as by having a group all working together as one that we would actually be able to as a group uh, forge forward and get our PMTAs done. So, uh, let me check to see if there's any callers. There is none. So I have had a meeting with the FDA scheduled for some time now. Uh, eight months. <laughs> And and last time I checked for its approval that it was still valid uh, was about three months ago, maybe a little less. Um, maybe it's just say like two and a half months ago. And uh, and uh, that meeting is to talk about PMTAs. However, uh, after I was first going to do, I kept on getting new information. First, there was eight eight to deal with, so it was scheduled before the March eighth, or is it May eighth? I think it's May eighth, before the May eighth meeting. Clearly. 
scheduled before then. So I've been letting more time go by because the meeting with the FDA is not going to be hyper effective. If they keep on releasing new information that I need to factor into my agenda that I'm going to be spending time with them on. So because of that, uh, you know, there's been all of those webinars, there's been all that information, the uh, the FDA uh, has updated a ton of CTP things, including having a list of common questions. Other people have uh, indexed, uh, I mean, I, I think the guy's a punk, but uh, it looks like Chase Richardson uh, did uh, did put some of these uh, FDA seminars together in timestamp, in which, if you know, if he was the guy that was responsible for that, credit where credit's due. At least I saw him posting that on Facebook. So, to do what I, I still intend on how to work on this problem with the assistance of the FDA going for the same goals, which I, the goal of electronic vaporizing cigarettes is to mitigate as half of the issue and then but also to propagate a solution that is as good as the actual activity with tobacco that you want to remove, which is the smoking of analog cigarettes. So there's, there, there's the two things. There's one is harm reduction. Everybody loves to talk about that. But it's also replacement of one physical habit with another physical habit. And I think that that is not given enough credit. That whole second argument. So uh, as I ramble on here, um, hold on, let me look at chat. Yeah, do I? I'm just going to end it here. I'm not going to look back at chat, even if you think I'm looking at there. I'm definitely not looking at there, uh, because Duro is is trying to look like he wasn't didn't wasn't wiped uh, wiped out by Kathy Hope, and I'm sorry, Duro. I'm just I'm just going to be a, a quality control inspector on most of this stuff, and the judges have ruled you just just knocked out like a slobbering fool, and I'm sorry, Duro. Uh, that's how I see it too. So. What VIA is going to do in the future is it's going to continue on what it was trying to do. It's going to try and uh, work as a team together with a very, very small team now. Uh, it looks like max three companies. Uh, and two, one of those companies is like by inference and inference only. And another one of, uh, of them is uh, my own. And another one of them is a friend's. Uh, so I need to accept that. And uh, that that was unfortunately not something that I wanted to see happen, but uh, it's really very small. So I'm going to still try and do it, but I'm going to try and maximize my ability of actually getting a PMTA by, by playing by the rules yet once again. So uh, I think I'm going to have to fly myself out uh, with any without any damn sponsorship over to, uh, over to this FDA uh, meeting. Hold on a second. Uh, so what I'm going to do is fly myself. It, it's something in this October. And I applied for this a little while ago. And I think I actually have to attend uh, because I'm not sure if they would just give me another way of doing it. So uh, it's in October. It's the pre-market tobacco product applications for electronic nicotine delivery service. It's a public seminar. So what I'll be doing is going to this. But uh, it looks like it's going to be a whole bunch of good topics. What information is needed, basic administrative processes, breaking down scientific terminology, they increased or decreased. It's going to talk about what you need to do to fill these things out. And there you go. So uh, I'll be attending that. And uh, I, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, the last time I talked to Brandy and Steve Nair, they thought I was a jackass of some sort because I was insisting that they don't have to tell their employees that they 
won't have their money to make their mortgages if they just take a few reasonable steps to keep their product going, much much less costly than uh, probably what they did for all the diacetyl stuff. So they, if they want to get an extra year, they need to make an application of a PMTA. And if these people are so fearful of uh, putting together something like that, I guess it will have an impact on their employees because unless you put in an application for a PMTA and have it accepted by the FDA, and the acceptance by the FDA is not nearly as high of a bar that Bill Godshaw used to talk about, not nearly, because they've already put out the list of the reasons why they won't accept a PMTA, and that PMTA won't be approved if you spell your names wrong, if you uh, don't provide a return address, if it's written in a foreign language. All these very reasonable things, you know, stuff that if you went into college and they said, okay, take a test, you would already know that you don't do that. You know, you have to write your name legibly. You can't leave off, like, your identification. It's just really stupid stuff. So if the Nairs who run Mountain Oak Vapors are not willing to put the effort to send themselves over to this thing, uh, anyway... I think I think the Nairs should be working on this, and as well as I've said many times, I've said at least with me, whether you do anything with me or not, if you want to help out my effort or not, which which I'll say at this point, is that anyone listening to this is not is not helped out via uh, to any degree, except the aforementioned implication of uh, somebody else, as previously so aforementioned in this very podcast. Eh, so. That's the that's the other big news that is going on is that the FDA on October seventeenth and October eighteenth it will they will have a two day session but the the next one the October eighteenth is going to be half day and they always screw people over on the half day they they never really go through the whole half day they say let's end the thing early and if you fly three thousand miles like I'm gonna have to do to get over there you better believe that I want that twelve to one p.m. hour to be filled with content. Um, so anyway, this is a good thing. I, I think that any company that uh, will will have already registered for this. So any company that that is serious about getting their products through would either be like totally going gung for for the VIA program, or they would be sending themselves over there themselves, or they would. Uh, so the 17th and 18th, oh fuck, that's a Monday and a Tuesday. For some reason, I thought that was going to be a Friday and a Thursday and a Friday. So I need to uh, book my travel. If anybody wants else to go to attend this, uh, I, I was going to try and remind people last week, but I forgot. Uh, but I'm sure other people have been recommending to companies that have been taking their money for stuff and not... Yeah, I'm sure that other companies were trying to tell that you needed to register for this by... Yeah. The, the registration deadline was the 6th, and they sent out uh, the confirmations today, which is the 7th. So that's what the whole reason I'm reminded about all this. They sent out the confirmation. So if you don't have a confirmation already to attend and you're not attending, and they already said that they won't make those uh, available for other people. Um, so there's a couple guys I, I think I know that are going to be there. I'm going to, you know, at this point, this is the last ante I got to do. Uh, so I'll, I'll be there. I will fly my own ass out there. Uh, so that's something, again, you, the way you want to find that is just go to uh, Tobacco Products and click on News and Events, Latest News and Events, and it's not there. Click on Press Releases and Announce, no, Public Meetings and Conferences, and then you'll see 
there. October, and there's going to be a risk assessment public workshop for tobacco products. Oh, this is another big one. So I'm telling you right now, November 15th and 16th, you're going to want to be in Washington, D.C. too. Huh. If there's going to be so many more of these, maybe I shouldn't go to this other one. I'll figure it out. All right, so uh, what else is there to say? What else can I say? Uh, I'm very concerned about the entire nature of this industry right now. I think there's a, a rapid tendency uh, for products. I need to get some vapes in here. Hold on a second. Uh, there'll be a musical interlude here. All right. Very concerned about where this industry is currently going uh, because it seems that the focus on fighting the things that need to be fought is unfocused, clearly. It's clearly unfocused. It's a oxymoron there for you. Uh, you've got a bus that was in California traveling all around, and I know it's Greg Conley, and I know it's the AVA, and I know it's Safada, and I know it's Casa, and I, I love them all. And I, I support definitely what they're trying to do. Absolutely, I support everything they're trying to do. However, they're doing it in such ineffective ways that it, it's I have cause for concern. I think that uh, HR 2058 is a bill for next year, for, it's for the new president. I think that the appropriations bill, it's either not going to come in or they're going to do one of these little adder bonuses that they're going to wait for the new Congress and they're just going to punt it over to the next Congress. So they'll do a little stipend. A stipend that you know, a temporary, uh, a temporary uh, budget thing. I think this is most likely, and they're gonna kick it over to the new president. Either it's gonna be Hillary or not. So, do I think that uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz that was on there that was crying that used to be the Democratic uh, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, the DNC? Do I think that if Hillary Clinton gets into office, that Debbie Washerman Schultz will not be able to stop this bill, this amendment? Uh, into the appropriations bill? Do I think that Debbie Washerman Sultz will be denied? I don't think so for a second. I think, you know, the president, Debbie Washerman Sultz, didn't say she doesn't want it. She was on the floor of the... I, I, were, I was the first one that even pointed out what uh, Cole and the chairman were saying about, uh, about flavors. Nobody else even bothered to look at that. Another thing that people didn't bother to look at is a, a crying a crying Deborah Washerman Schultz who was saying that her loved ones died of cigarettes. Okay? And there, and she's clueless to how much safering vaporing is, but she's clearly, obviously, against it. So there, it's not going to happen if Hillary wins. If Hillary wins, there's going to be no reprieve. And that's not the worst thing in the world because that, that's going to be no status, that's going to be no change in the status quo. So it's not a death sentence. But it is being very realistic that the cavalry will not come in on on Cole Bishop or uh, or HR twenty fifty eight. Now HR twenty fifty it's a much longer one, but on this one you've got a crying Debbie Washerman Soltz, as about as high up as you get as opposed to a, a speaker of the house, chairman of the Demo National Democratic National Committee, the DNC, was crying on the floor as she spoke for all of the Democrats and saying that this this bill should not be adopted. So sure, you got one or two Democrats that, that I think two Democrats uh, supported Cole Bishop. 
Uh, and so people are saying, oh, it's super bipartisan. Well, actually, I think if you just count the aggregate number, there are more Democrats signed up. There's more. Eh, I was probably getting redundant there anyway. So there's no way I think that the Cole Bishop Amendment is going to go through if uh, if it's not for uh, if Hillary wins. If Trump wins, honestly, I don't think it's going to make a difference either. I think uh, Cole Bishop is dead man walking. It's been dead man walking for quite some time. Ironically, I think it is just as healthy as uh, HR 2058. And I think HR 2058 might have a little longer legs. Everybody likes to say, well, it's the only vehicle. It's the only vehicle. Cole Bishop already doesn't have sponsorship in the Senate. If any of the senators that were all sitting together in that room wanted to support this thing, they would. one of them would have said, I support it. So it's that far down on the totem pole as far as what the Senate is interested in that not a single Republican and not a single Democrat supported this. They're going to have to some way get this through on the Senate side through some sort of negotiations. And here's how the negotiations will go. Okay, here's a list of all the things that don't have support on either side. One side is House, one side is uh, the Senate, and let's go through that whole list. Now, how many of those things where they don't agree? And so they say, okay, fine. How many of those things where they do agree? Then we then we say, so on the ones that only have support from one House or the other, they're going to know who supports this from the House that doesn't have the vote. So then in this case, H.R. 20, uh, sorry, uh, the Cole Bishop is going to need senators to support it. So the senators are going to go, well, none of them already support it. So why don't we just kill this one and move on to the next? I, I think that's what's going to happen. Now, there's been some sort of stuff that I heard uh, on Dimitri's show with uh, the people that I actually do want to call them up at uh, Strategic Something uh, Solutions, I think it is, uh, which they say they're the the vapor, the, the people that are known as the vape uh, lobbyists. They're the vape lobbyists. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Cole Bishop is moving. And so you got a lot of people that are putting a lot of energy into either, doesn't matter, H.R. 2058 or Cole Bishop. Both of them, the odds of them winning, uh, the odds of them getting through the next stage, 5% at best. So if you can if you can roll the dice for your future with a 1 in 20th chance, you know, be, be my guest, but don't say I put you into that play. So what I think is that everybody needs to be working on these things together. What I've said before is at least I won't tell you not to do this stuff. And so people should be going to this conference. Otherwise, I think that some people are, are getting frozen out of these things like the Nairs uh, from Mountain Oak Vapor. I think they're getting frozen out of activity that sh they should be participating in. I mean, they're at least at one point, you know, Brandy is being quite arrogant back at me like, like oh, you're an idiot for trying to do a PMTA. And it's like, what part of a, an extra third year don't you understand? So we've got uh, what I would say is that people are getting frozen in the, the, the people are getting frozen, and so they're getting caught. They will be caught flat-footed. I see a lot of frozen people out there. In other words, they're just flat-footed. So as this sweeps in, as as more and more people are saying, okay, we know the tide of the tsunami has already been taking us back out. You know, we can see clearly that the the sea has receded. So therefore, we don't think there's going to be reciprocal action, and it's going to flood way up. Uh, yeah, if, if I think that people are being frozen in their place and some of them are about to get hit in a year and a half's time with a gigantic tsunami. So, 
in the meantime, there's companies like uh, many companies that have, that have gotten into business uh, that, that are saying clear out. We're in it for the next two years. That's it. Those guys have, have got their game plan out. And, uh, and so there, there's going to be a real risk to vape shops that buy into using gigantic 120 mil bottles being sold for 40 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, 60 bucks. If, if they're selling that at retail, what they're going to do is they're just going to slaughter slaughter their sales and and what will happen is that the, the the people that see this at the retail level are going to go shit i might as well just buy this shit online or uh they're just going to have a, an ever an ever ending supply for a vaporizer which they can stick this in you know i i smoke uh i, I vape how, how dare i say smoke uh i vape this stupid cola and I'm waiting to really spend a lot of time to figure out what is the flavor that I want. But till then, I just vape one flavor because I don't want to go through the process. I don't have a good taster. I don't have a good dripping atomizer uh, to be de- uh, able to. Uh, and that's because I hear that dripping atomizers have nickel in them. And I'm, I'm that paranoid of nickel. So the, the state of the industry is that they could get ripped apart by these vape shops uh, destroying themselves. And I still think, uh, and, as, and, and I'm glad that Dimitri's picked up on this, is that the vape shop is the unique model uh, that is going to keep this industry afloat. Or it's going to be the model which is is going to be uh, the video game store, not, not the video, the video, uh, video store rentals. There was a lot of video store rental places that went up. Each of them had a certain zone. I think the zones for uh, for vape shops are a little bigger than a video store, but I remember as a kid driving four, four miles each way to get a video in a video store. That's how uncommon they were at the time. Uh, this is before Blockbuster. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know what else to say. Is that if you do not keep the margins correct, just buy the book, buy what they teach you in school, what margins you need for that for that retail and what, what any good you know franchisor uh, would know. Uh, like I, I've said before uh, on the show, is that if you want to continue to mix e-liquids in your shop or whatever, you better consider becoming a franchisee or a franchisor, well, franchisee of some of these companies. Uh, I think there there's one of them is uh, Wicked, uh, Wicked Vapor or uh, Wicked e-liquid wicked at least uh and uh they have a, a program for for a chain for franchisees so does alt smoke and so does mad vapes and mad vapes is the one that i'm most familiar with it because i was looking at what it would take to open up a vape shop and if i was going to do it i was going to do it with mad vapes i know that they have a, this mixing system that at that time when i looked at it about a year and a half ago maybe two years now uh, I, I i learned about it from norm Bohr, obviously and so uh when i was listening to that uh i was thinking hey that's a pretty good thing that the the franchisee fee was something it was either ten or fifteen or twenty thousand I forgot and I think it was ten might have been fifteen and once you pay that franchise fee that's it you never have to pay them again and they will sell you products that will support a profitable business I mean it's a great franchiser um, so I guess I shouldn't really you know put that out because you know maybe I want to start up a franchise right next to me but um, that is one way if you are a independent vape shop you know you might want to consider selling out and becoming part of mad vapes being part of part of alt smoke be part of uh wicked wicked e-liquid 
whichever ones I think I don't know I think there's some there's one guy that contacted me from Florida that uh was telling me about his things and there was another there was a guy that that uh made uh did did his previous work was repairing iPhones and repairing electronic equipment um back when when people needed a lot of that Nokia days with phones and stuff and uh and he was moving into away from that and into uh e-liquid vape shops so Anyway, that's kind of where I, th I think things are going, that there's going to be this price war, and then there's going to be some of these vape shops that are going to need help. I was intending on trying to provide a lot of information for a vape shop to keep alive. I may attempt to do something like that, though. So, But if I was a vape shop and I didn't have a Mad Vapes that I was aware of in my location, I would suggest that you call them up and find out how to get with their program because I bet that the profit model of it is as good, better, more likely to be better, or possibly slightly worse than what you currently have. But if you team up, and what I've said before, if you harbor with the fleet, which is what Via is intending to do, harbor with the fleet, if you harbor with with Mad Vapes or Alt Smoke or whoever does a franchise, you will be under that buffer. So, you know, join 7-Eleven uh, rather than just being an independent corner store is what I would say. Um, and what else can I say? Uh, I have not been paying that much attention to things uh, recently. I, I think that this this next thing in the PMTA workshop is going to be probably the most important thing. I, I actually hate to pay, you know, the, the $1,500 doesn't take me to do that. Uh, but, you know, uh, the flight is the flight. The cost of the hotel is the cost of the hotel. And that's what it's going to be. So I I don't I, I could I could just call in too. I think I could just call in too. Uh, but I think I'll go. That's about what's going on. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh there's a lot of new studies, everything is looking good. A lot of people are still confused uh whether they should start to register their products. Yes, you should. Um I haven't heard too much more about uh any stuff going on with uh whether you need to uh uh whether you need to register as a store for building a coil because you, when you're building a coil you're using a customer owned property and not your own property and you can't manufacture anything that's not your own that type of stuff is still around I haven't heard of anybody complaining wildly that the first shop has been busted and torn down yet so uh, clearly after two months two full entire 100% full months it started on the 8th today is uh, October 7th tomorrow is the 8th two exact full months of this oppression by the FDA has resulted in nada zippo enforcement actions other than potentially a warning and I haven't even heard of anybody getting a warning yet so lots of people wanted to complain that the sky was falling and the sky has not as such fall fell gonna look to see if I've got any callers nope Durosig uh, specifically Durosig the show was titled the one where Durosig actually calls in he hasn't even called in. And uh, so two days before the national conference. So Andrew Safada, who I don't know who Andrew Safada is, but he's somehow associated with Safada, has posted into the chat the November Risk Assessment Public Workshop, which is good, 15 minutes ago. And yeah, so there is a Safada national conference. I should probably mention that. I'll click over there and uh, log on and see what that's going to be. So I'm going over to S F A T A 
Sam, Frank, Adam, Transit, Adam, Safada.org. Scrolling down. What we do, this, that, and the other. News, annual conference and expo. Diplomat, resort, and spa. Safada. Some really weird fonts going on in this flyer. It's hard to read them. Annual conference, B2B expo. Are you concerned about your business future? How to survive? How to fight? Here's what uh, I think that applications. It's a 3,000 flight. 3,000 mile flight for me that I'm not super interested in completing. I don't think they have any call in the way. If they had a, a live feed, I, I, I could even pay for that uh, to pay. I think it was $2,800 was the cheapest round ticket. All right, so here is the uh, flyer. Let me just make sure my audio is still going. And it is. Uh, here's the pricing for the, the Safada conference. It's the first member is $300. The first non-member is $500. Additional members are $250. And additional non-members are $450. Here's the booth pricing. Uh, I guess, you know, people have booths. They're selling booths for $4,500 as of today. And uh, so that's what it's... It's actually not that super costly. Um, it's $500 uh, for anybody. And so uh, here's the uh, what's going to be going on. It's going to be topics, how to stay compliant, labs with shops, labs within shops. So they're just saying that a, a shop that mixes. And how to navigate through the PMTA process, which uh, both Shell and Dimitri have said is impossible, so why bother? Mitch Zeller, specify industry questions, specific industry questions answered. So whatever Mitch is doing there, it's going to have to be publicly released. So I will uh, make sure that that will happen. Uh, state and federal legislative strategies. Um, legal update after the right to be smoke-free lawsuit hearing. Oh, that's the other thing. Did I'll ask this in chat. October something was supposed to be... I think it was the 12th or the 13th. When is the... Um, uh, so, I think, I'll find out, let me look back at this. Um, uh, I know there there is supposed to be a legal update on the right to be smoke-free case. What I've said before on this very show is that you want to see the direction that it happens at the beginning. This is something I learned from being a stock trader, is that your trade, or this, this, this actual, what's at stake, and at stake is this lawsuit. If the first way that it goes is going to be the way that it's going to continue to go. And, you know, you can fight against the stock when it's going the wrong way, but it's just going to, it's often, it's just going to keep on going that way. And you really have to know how to layer in trades uh, to be able to withstand that. And if not, you're going to margin call. So <sighs> for this lawsuit, I know there's a lot of hope and dreams and, and, panacea and and belief that if so as long as you throw as much money as you possibly can at this lawsuit that somehow it's going to work now clearly who has the most money in their hands is the tobacco companies if they were on our side they would be joining this and be all in or they'd have an equivalent all in well they're not all in um and while i think that this this 
lawsuit has been useful already because it staked out the ground where the FDA can no longer go. That if they were to intrude onto flavors, if they were to intrude on nicotine things, if they were to try to assert that hardware products are tobacco products when those hardware products don't contain nicotine, that when I say that, I know that the women on the webinars who are saying it correctly know that I am actually saying it also correctly now. To be a finished goods tobacco product, you must be in the part of the final assembly of that tobacco product which is sold to the consumers, which does in fact contain a product made out of tobacco. If it is none of those things, it is not a tobacco product, or if it's just a selection of a subset of those things, it's still not a tobacco product, provided that no nicotine is within the actual product that you're selling. Now, there's a lot of people, and and I'll have to say this is the biggest disagreement I've ever had with Kathy Ope, is that uh, she thinks that her uh, tubes, uh, which are part of the other tubes, which everybody knows that this is a tube-related industry, she's concerned that her tubes would have to need some sort of regulatory approval. Well, no. However, she might want to register as a tobacco manufacturer just because she might want to do that even though the FDA would do nothing with it. That would be my advice to her. Uh, I don't want to look in chat because I won't be able to maintain concentration, but that's what I would say to her. So there's a legal up going back to this is the Savannah Annual Conference and B2B Expo. This is their, this is their agenda. So after the legal update, then will be a December FDA regulation training. There should be no training for the FDA at that point. It's really registration training for the FDA, not December, because December is the deadline. You can do it right now. Academy Award nominee Eric Roberts. Okay, so I'm familiar with Eric Roberts because he was on uh, Dr. Drew's uh, rehab show. So he was getting off, uh, I think, meth or... uh, what was it he was getting off? Heroin or meth? I forget which one. I think it was meth. Uh, Oliver Kershaw of ESIC Forum. These are the guest speakers. I don't know what they're speaking. Brent Stafford, Regulator Watch. Brad Radu, which is a senior fellow at the Heartland Institute now. Grover Norquest. Professor Robert West of the University of uh, College of London. Appearances pre-recorded of Josh Harris. Matt Bradley of Discovery's Deadliest Catch. And radio personality, Danny Bonaducci. And if anybody doesn't know who Danny Bonaducci is, then they're not familiar with the Partridge family. And uh, Danny was played the role of Danny. I think that worked out for him. And uh, so uh, what they're going to do is the How to Fight, Dr. Sally Sattel, Grover Norquest, Venable, Azim Shahandre, Eric Godding from Keller Heckman also, Greg Connolly, Julie Warsner, Tim Phillips, Managing Director of eSig Intelligence, uh, Aaron Biebert, which is Billion Lives, Matt Hogan, Vice President of the Alpine Group, and for the How to Survive thing, Mitch Zeller. Uh, he's going to be pre-recorded. I'm going to ask for that tape. Uh, Dr. Brad Radu, uh, Heartland Institute. Dr. Uh, Ricardo Pelosa, uh, who I'm going to ask that tape through, is through the, the uh, Press Secretary of the CTP. Actually, there's none for the CTP. It's just going to be the FDA. They cannot release something. So I'll, I'll get the tape after this. Uh, Dr. Ricardo Pelosa, Director of the Institute of uh, Internal Medicine, Clinical Immunology, University of Catalina, Italy, Vivian Azir, Cohen and 
so it's a Cohen and Company, which I believe is a law firm. Dr. Christopher Russett, psychologist, senior research fellow at Tobacco and Nicotine Studies. I think that's the magazine. Center of Substance Use uh, UK, Dr. Jean Gilman. Scott Eli, president of the American E-Liquid Manufacturing, AMSA. Gal Cohen from Pax Labs. Kim Hesse, business manager and development, uh, and she's one of the uh, so far. So, I don't know. I think that the guest speakers are okay. Uh, surprise special guest, board certified toxicologist with 25 years of experience in tobacco. I don't know who that is. It's I think it could be somebody from uh, from uh, Enthropy Labs. Guest has extensive experience in large company with the FDA. Blah blah. blah. I don't know. I don't know who is important enough to call it a guest speaker. So it's a bingo surprise. I guess they'll, they'll tell you once you win it. So uh, that's what it is. I think it's a. I I, I would go if I was. Uh, if I was 3,000 miles closer. So uh, that's going to cost uh, members 300 bucks. Non-members. Additional non-members would obviously be 450. So everybody can get in for 450 somehow. All right. So that's that. Uh, what else can I say? Where do I think the industry is going? What else do I think is a problem? I think you have to be working on the FDA. I think that the price pressures in the in the uh, shops are going to be bad. I think people need to be working on branding, um, and uh, I think that's enough for today. Let me go back over into the into the chat and see if uh, there's anything else going on. It, nothing. Uh, well, no. Uh, Nick of your labs. Andrew Safada is posting me some information, which just seems to be helpful. I think it was either. I think it's the thirteenth. For some reason, I think it's Thursday the thirteenth, or I would have everybody be talking about it right now. So next week, uh, look for that. What I'm expecting to happen is is going to be actually a punt. So there will be no direction out of this. What I expect to happen out of the Nick Appear lawsuit is that the judge will say, "Well, I've this is in the decision." There'll be some interesting information that'll be gained at the hearing if the judge bothers to ask any questions, which I, I, there's a high chance the judge won't ask any questions because the brief submittals to the judge will have more than enough information that they'll need to consider all this stuff anyway. So they won't need to ask questions. So there'll be a presentation to the judge by Nick Pure, and there'll be a presentation to the judge by the FDA. Between the two of these, uh, I think that the FDA has a stronger case. And I'll keep on saying, I believe that this lawsuit has been functional and has already delivered results. I believe that it is unclear if it's going to deliver any more results. The results are cordoning off where the FDA can go and making sure that the FDA can't do anything worse. It also provides an insurance policy. So I, I, I don't, I'm going to be talking realistically about the right to be smoke-free lawsuit and the Nick Pierce side, but I'm just trying to be a realist. I need to buffer this out for you that I do believe it's been fruitful and useful and has caused already benefits by having Azeem Shahandre do this lawsuit along with uh, along with uh, Nick Pierce. Azeem and and uh, and uh, Keller Heckman and uh, Nick Pierce are, are doing a stalwart's job, uh, but. If you look at the facts, uh, you see that the, the case that the FDA has is strong. If you read their 104-page document, the case they have is strong. The judge, by right of law, cannot write its own laws. and They can just say whether a law is legal or not. 
And then in this case, there, a law is being challenged. So they're challenging the validity of this law as it's being applied through the FDA and the CTP. I think that you have to give wide deference, as, as people are complaining about, but you have to give wide deference to the United States Congress and the President of the United States for actually establishing a law that is valid and true. So while even if you could even if you had managed to sue and successfully stop this law on the uh, the onerous processes that they're saying, uh, that even if you were able to do that, the judge would likely say, I believe that this can be cured, and that therefore because it can be cured by some simple documentation, that the legislator essentially could cure it past what this judge already is able to do. Therefore, I do not think the judge is going to reject the arguments of the motion for summary judgment against the industry. However, the the arguments put in by Nicopure and Keller Heckman are legitimate, do have some substance, and do have a basis to be argued. I've read them. I do not think that at this go-around, I think that there is no evidence, as the FDA said, that the, the products that Nicopure is in indicating that will be regulated by the FDA. There's no evidence of support that they will actually be regulated. So you can't make a claim that the FDA is going to regulate something if, in fact, the FDA hasn't done it yet, and it's only your pipe dream to think that the FDA is going to do it. Therefore, because the judge is looking at that case, which is weak, but maybe can be enhanced as time goes by, probably can be enhanced. So it's not a case that doesn't have legs. It's just, I'm a tough grader, and I'm, I'm looking at it. Does it have higher or lower than 50%? It's lower than 50%. It, it has a much lower chance of 50%. Is it 10 or 5 or 15 or 20? I don't know, but there's no fucking way it's higher than 20. I think it's about 5. Um which five is, is worth the effort because this, this lawsuit, as far as I understand, has taken about a half a million dollars. I've heard some reports that Larry Faircloth is claiming that he has uh, used a, a ton of money in discovery. Well, the discovery process hasn't even taken place yet and, and in any of these cases. And discovery is, is something that I'm very good at confounding. I've helped other people confound discovery to the tune of if I was a lawyer, they would have to pay me $50,000 for the work I provided. Confounding discovery. I was helping him. He was improper. I was also improper. We were improper together. We we're impropers. Uh, so uh, I don't. So the, the judge doesn't say I've got this weak case from Nicopure. I've got this stronger case, but it's only stronger than the Nicopure suit. And they're both asking me to throw out this decision. Oh, sorry, to throw out the trial. Assume that a trial is not necessary, and then just based off the pleadings alone, the lawsuit already filed, rule in favor of either Nicopure or the FDA. I think both of those outcomes are unreasonable for a judge to cause, and I think they're going to say, I've heard this, and I've heard this, I've decided to reject you both, let's start scheduling your, your discovery, let's open up your discovery, let's start scheduling case management conferences with the judge, let's proceed to trial. That's what's going to happen. And the trial, the soonest it will happen, will be about a year and a half, a year, probably about a year and a half, because the FDA will be throwing up uh, you know, more motions, and the other side will be throwing up more motions. It'll take at least a year. So 
between all of this, when they you know you'll if by the time the earliest time that you get your decision back from this lawsuit, you're gonna have maybe at the earliest have four to five months left to figure out what the hell you're gonna do before the 24 months. Again, it's a good thing that these lawsuits exist. It's a good insurance policy. But when you hear Dimitri talking about lawsuits, and we hear Dimitri talking about Cole Bishop, these things are not going to be coming in to save the day. They could at a later point, and they could by the odds of probability, if it, if it say it's a 10%, you roll the dice, a 10-sided dice, and you get a, you get the one, you're, you might be able to do it. You know, that, that a 10-sided, that's not that rare of a thing. One in 10, if you roll, if you roll 20 times, you're going to get it twice. But in this case, you're only rolling once. So you have to get in on that first one. I, I don't want to be negative about it, but, you know, uh, it's the ant and the grasshopper. Look it up. Aesop's fables. Uh, it's not going to change. I, I resign to Aesop. Aesop is a better player than me. Uh, I, I concede to his fables. Okay, uh, this is Fable, and uh, this is uh, October 2016, Friday. But here's Fable. Good night. Don't forget to hug your kids. They only grow up once. Don't forget to hug your wife. You promised you would. And that's it. <laughs>